0: UK Motor Talk, Michael Gates and James Baxter. Hi everyone, it's Mike and of course it's... Jim. Yeah, and it's been, as always, too long since the last time we've talked to you. Unless you've just listened to the last podcast, in which case it probably hasn't been too long. In fact, some would say it's uh, probably not been long enough. But anyway, it is good to speak to you again. We are now right into uh, 2020. Things we finished finished January,
1: the longest month known to man. I think it had 78 days in it this year. At least like 78
0: that. days. It's ridiculous. The amount of time between payday at the end of December and payday at the end of January. I'm sure you could. They I mean, must have borrowed days from other months. January. Must definitely. It's ridiculous. Definitely. Anyway, we are back. It's a whole new year, um, and I'd already broken my New Year's resolution not to buy another car this year. Snop bags. It's not. Well, it's it's it's, it's, well, it's snotty maybe it's it is an old.
1: An old bright green Fiesta, so of course... No, It looks you you had to replace the towing eye cover, and if you'd have got, rather than getting one that was colour-coded to the car, if you'd have got a black one, it would have looked like grot bags with a little black wart on its face.
0: I'm not entirely sure my wife would have been happy driving a car called grot bags. Call it snot bags. Or snot bags, neither neither of which sound great. (laughs) Kermit's, you can kind of sell that. But this is because my wife, her commute has now increased, um, and they... Well, they've moved to, They don't have any parking now, which is great. So, inevitably, um, she's been driving the Audi, um, and inevitably, someone's driven into it and driven off. So, now we've got an old Fiesta, at least, so people can drive into it and drive off, and we don't really mind. But, I think we've covered this before, and I'm going to say it again, there is nothing more glorious than owning a car you don't really care about, is
1: there? Definitely, definitely.
0: Because, like we had with Brad the Volvo, which kind of did care about but not really. You know, I could stand on the roof and do things that would really bother me. With a car like this if you park at the front of Tesco's and if you listen to this a chance are so you kind of person that like us probably park in the back corner of Tesco or Sainsbury's or Waitrose or wherever it is you decide to shop to avoid people driving into the side of your car or opening doors into you or whatever it's going to be, letting the trolley go because they're too lazy to put it back. Why? Why? It's literally just there. Just there. You've had to walk around an entire shop with it. You're so lazy. Anyway, that, and then let it go into the side of the car. It does irritate me, that. A lot. A lot. You couldn't tell. Yeah, it's it's madness. It irritates me so much that I've seen someone do this before, and I created a whole ring of trolleys around the... I say a ring, it's more of a
1: box of trolleys around their car. See, I did see a bit of advice this week that was to leave a trolley in the space either side of your car, so that nobody parks in the spaces. But of well, course, my worry then would be a gust of wind would blow a trolley into a the side idea. of the car.
0: Or someone then just moves it against the side of your car so they can park next
1: so to So they can get in. Yeah. Well, Didn't that's, like that's that terrible. Idea. But
0: it's brilliant. Do to, to have a car that you can do this with? And so, although, yes, I've had to spend literally some money on it and then some more money on it, I now have a car that is borderline safe, has a fresh MOT, and uh, yeah, we can use it for whatever and not
1: really worry about it. And that's, that is good news. And of course, with the uh, the government's sudden announcement that all cars are going to be electric by twenty thirty five, of course you've done your bit and bought a green car. So uh, I have gone green. Yeah. yeah but if someone the says the government to you, told you... you to go green, so you've gone green. Yeah.
0: People people often say, "Say, Mike, what have you got in the fleet now? And have you got a green car?" The answer is yes.
1: Very. Yes. Very green. Very green. green. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of which, twenty thirty five, all petrol and diesel cars will be banned. Was the headline, but banned mm. from sale as new vehicles yes. is the reality, isn't it? Um, thoughts. I think twenty thirty five is optimistic. Maybe optimistic. I think the main the main thing will be the uh, the infrastructure
0: mm.
1: as to whether that can keep up and the education of people and the the availability of them, being able to test drive, look at them in the real world, get some sound advice as to whether an electric car is right for you or not, but by 2035 you won't have a choice if you want to buy a brand new car that is.
0: Well I'm a bit of a a convert as you know to, to the electric power because I think they are generally pretty brilliant now, they are getting better and better and better, there are some still very boring very humdrum electric vehicles like the Leaf but then there are some very boring very humdrum cars. Like voxels. yes. Um, for example, Nissans. Nissan's. Yeah. So, yeah, they make some interesting cars. Though, Nissan, don't they?
1: GTR. Uh, yeah. GTR. I'm GTR. Trying to think of uh, uh, those. Yeah, I'm struggling to think. Of that. <laughs> well, they make. they, an they used to make car. some very interesting cars. Yeah. But. Mm.
0: But they are making some very interesting electric cars now, and Teslas and such. The Model Three is a, a proposition that people that have a three series or. Um, you know, C class something like maybe might want to look at because actually they're not too far off the same money now, but way, way, way off on
1: build quality though. The three is much better than the S. It has to be said. You would hope so. Well, it couldn't have been much worse, could it? No, this is true. I, th- I think the uh, the Model S was likened to an early nineties Daewoo, wasn't it, in terms of build quality, which is not what you'd expect. Bearing in mind it costs eleven million pounds.
0: Well, it's character. You're going to have some character, haven't you? People worry about the character being lost from the engine, bits of trim falling off around you. That's,
1: mm. yeah. Mm.
0: Plus, the more than they're written off, the more that you can make into, um, you know, classic electric cars. Or something. And we'll maybe come back to that later because I'm a, a, quite a fan of doing this to, to some classics, it has to be said. Electric drivetrains on classic cars are quite an interesting thing, but maybe we'll come back to that later on. The Taycan is what I want to talk about, really, because that is exciting. I, I, I think it's a really good-looking thing. It's four doors, which is good, which means you can put people
1: in the back, which is handy if you
0: have children. Yeah, it's a very nice-looking thing. And genuinely
1: exciting. Proper build quality. Yeah, fast. £140,000.
0: Yes, and it takes a long time to charge, unless they do come out with, and I'm sure someone will tell me if I'm wrong on this, that... 350 kilowatt charger they're experimenting on that will fill it up in a few minutes. And if I'm wrong about this... Uh,
1: no, no, the, there are some of the, of the chargers that, that will charge it quickly in the UK. I think there are four of them, well, which that's, is clearly not enough.
0: No, no, but if they do start to come out with these chargers that fill it up in about three minutes, then this is the future. And actually, although it's still early days and, yes, it takes a long time to charge and this, that and the other, if this is where we're going, that is quite exciting, genuinely. Yes what do we feel about the ban on
1: hybrid vehicles see i think that's less sensible because the uh, going hybrid the move has been obviously the first hybrids were you know pathetic amounts of electricity in them you know 1 kilowatt batteries and bits and pieces like that Mm. then a raft of six seven eight nine kilowatt batteries then there were 20 kilowatt batteries Mm. and gradually the the hybrid is becoming more and more electric and less and less reliant on combustion yeah so surely you just need that trend to continue and the engine gets smaller and smaller and smaller and less important the batteries get bigger and the motors get bigger okay you take that to the nth degree you end up with a full electric car yeah But the beauty of a hybrid is, if you want to drive from here to Scotland, then you just pour petrol in the side Mm. and keep going. But when you're doing local journeys, medium-length journeys, I mean, just as a quick rattle through. I think the Cougar that comes out in March-April time, that'll have a 30-odd mile range on electric, so that is Mm. more than enough for... Probably a good 50 60% of people for their daily commute all week Probably to use. That, to, yeah, yeah. To, to use no petrol at all. Um, same so, for is that the 330e, I think, as
0: so well? The new one that's come out is a similar sort of range. Yeah, isn't
1: it? very, very similar. So, as the battery tech improves and you can end up with a bigger and bigger capacity battery in the same or smaller space, then the hybrid works more, it makes more and more sense. Um, without that range anxiety, and with that, OK, it's an emergency, or whatever, you can pour some petrol in the side of it. So if you're doing 90% of your annual mileage on electric and only using 10% petrol, well, surely that's a good thing. If you could click your fingers and reduce the UK's fuel use by 90%, that's a win, isn't it? Unless you're the government and you're taxing fuel. There'll be loads more tax, but what will happen is they'll have to start to tax the electricity, which is why every charging point that you have put in at home, there were bigger grants available and more incentive to go for the smart charger. They sell it to you on the basis of features that you can set a timer on it and set it to charge just before you leave and warm the car up, etc. But actually the reality is it's to give reporting back through so that uh, the government can see how much of your electricity you've used to charge your car and therefore tax you on it, uh, or they'll do it through road tax. Mm,
0: yeah, I think it's going to happen because if you look at more expensive electric cars, which obviously the ones that are interesting are, then you end up being hit for the showroom tax anyway, don't you? Because yeah. if you buy a cheaper electric car, you get free road tax, but for the first is it 5 years, you get hit if you buy more than 40 grand, you get hit. And no, everything everything's yeah.
1: 140, 150 quid a year now, isn't it? Everything petrol and yeah, no, everything. Everything everything, everything. Everything, everything. Yeah, everything.
0: Apart from the initial showroom tax bit. Yeah. That, that's the bit I mean, yeah. rather than the... Yeah, so they, they get that yeah.
1: extra, but also most hybrid or certainly all electric cars or, or larger electric cars are well over 40 grand, so they fall into that. But of course, because they're over 40 grand or 50, 60, 80, 90, 140 grand, the amount of VAT that the government gets from them is also a fair chunk of change. So are they looking at the VAT income from the sale of vehicles versus fuel duty as well and as long as the two add up an average out then they're okay it's a bit like the scrappage scheme that came out and the government announced it and said oh yes we'll give you two thousand pounds but they didn't they gave you a thousand pounds they made the dealer give you a thousand pounds but the amount of VAT they received from the sale of the car was always over two thousand pounds what a surprise Mm. nice work if you can get it
0: yeah, definitely. I think, let's be honest though, for the moment at least, the problem with getting everything electric, as you say, is infrastructure. The other problem is that batteries are still massively expensive. We looked at the course of the EE course or whatever it's called, I don't it's know. I'm not sure I really care. Thirty five thousand pounds it's for thir- a
1: course. And it's dreary. Thirty five thousand pounds for a
0: dreary
1: car. Contrast that with the Volkswagen I e- EOP. E-op. 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 And then there's also the Mini-E. That, okay, OK, that's a, a much, or I was saying much smaller battery. It's got a, a lesser range. It's yeah. 130, 140 miles uh, on the Volkswagen, and it's £20,000. But who uses an EOP or a normal up or whatever as the car
0: that they use to drive hundreds of miles all the time? No one. It's, no one. It's it's a city
1: car. Yeah. And it's the same with the Mini-E. Which, which is, looks cracking, but what's the range on that, 130, 140 yeah, miles? Yeah, the real world, it? probably 100. No, I mm. thought it was 130 WLTP, which yes. is much more realistic.
0: Yeah, it's much more realistic. But when we say realistic, do we mean that's what you're actually going to get?
1: Uh, yeah, OK, so yeah, maybe nearer a 100. If but,
0: anyone is going to do the launch of a new car, um, such as the Mini, and they're going to do it in the hot country, this time in, you think, hmm... This quintessentially
1: English car, why have they
0: decided not to do it inside the UK?
1: No, but you want it at about 15 degrees and so you yes. don't need to use the aircon.
0: Yes, exactly. So, this is it. So, they put it somewhere where it's warm to begin because it's better for the batteries. But that aside, that's about the same money as a normal Mini Cooper, which or Mini Cooper S, should I say, sorry, which isn't the cheapest car to begin. It's formed, it created that premium microcar market, didn't it? Yeah. People happily pay for it. But actually, if you said you can have one with an engine, you can have one with a motor, they're both the same sort of spec, both the same sort of price, I'd be tempted by the one with the motor, actually.
1: I'd go for the one with the motor. Yeah. Without a doubt. And if it's a company car, it'd be a no-brainer. Yes, because the benefit in kind tax from any minute now is nothing.
0: Free. Zero. Yeah, as we've said before. So, actually, there are incentives. That obviously, they'll pull it away in the end. But for the moment... I can understand why we're being incentivised and I kind of like the fact that they're dangling that above our heads and the technology is getting better and better all the time. So when they've got the batteries a bit cheaper and they're able to make a smaller battery that goes further, fantastic news, but the real problem is the human cost I think at the moment of batteries and I appreciate this isn't everyone and batteries are ethically sourced and all the rest of it but we've got So the modern equivalent of conflict diamonds, we've got almost like a conflict cobalt going on. And you have mines where you have kids who are very, very young. And I don't know if this is the same everywhere, and this might just be a particular story that's been plucked out by the media, but kids as young as four down there, kids as young as 10, 11 working down there, the chances are they could end up with some sort of poisoning, they're being beaten, they're working hard for pennies a day to try and get enough of this stuff out the ground to be able to build batteries. And so the report says it's places where they're making the batteries incredibly cheaper, like China. Whether this is true or not, I don't know. But I think we really need to consider, A, do we have enough to be able to make what we need to make with what we currently got? Obviously, as batteries become more efficient, they become smaller, so we need less of it. That's a good thing. But there is a cost environmentally to making the batteries. There is a cost environmentally to disposing of them at the end, although battery technologies come on in such a way that actually they last longer than we ever thought they would and you can recycle more of them and you can recycle more of them but actually when there is a human cost mm. and you could argue well this is the same for anything that someone wants in mass so whenever there's a need for something someone will always try and do it cheaper and there'll always be people that will be either exploited or borderline willing to do it for that money because they have no other
1: choice hmm I think that that's a, probably be on the scope of this podcast, but B, like you say, that's, that's true for any consumer good, isn't it? And that's the nature of other countries and other regimes. And I, I'm not saying we shouldn't worry about it, but in the grand scheme, if it wasn't cobalt in cars, it's, yeah, tracksuit bottoms or trainers or fridges or TVs or whatever it is. You know, we're all consumers. We want things and we want things for the cheapest price and that's the nature of the beast, isn't it? No, not that I don't care, and obviously the exploitation or ill-treatment of anyone, man, woman or child is uh, is not a good thing. But it, is it really true? Is it Or was, it, was the slant of the story to try and swerve you away from electric cars or be anti? There is a lot of misinformation by posted by those less well-informed or less well-educated about the, the downsides of electric cars. I saw a post the other day about, oh, what if there's a traffic jam? and all the cars run out of electricity you know the government haven't thought this through and everyone on facebook piled in with uh, oh yeah everyone at the government in the government or at the government is thick because they haven't thought of this and then somebody just quite happily posted well the electric heater in my car runs at this wattage the battery is this so i could sit there for 35 hours with the heater on full blast uh, my petrol car uses this much per hour so I could sit there for less time. I think they could sit there for 17 hours on tick over uh, or 30 odd hours in the electric car so it was nonsense but it's very easy to dislike change or to hate change isn't it? I think somebody once said that if you want to make enemies try and change something. But
0: I think people have this assumption as well that the electric car comes is going to be a ban on petrol and diesel cars that they'll suddenly disappear. No. That's not going to happen. They're not going to suddenly be scrapped. No. The truth of the matter is that they'll carry on running, and the average lifespan of a car now is, what, 10 to 15 years.
1: Yeah, not as long probably. as it used to be.
0: Probably. Yeah, because cars are more technologically advanced, and if something goes wrong, they're usually more expensive to fix when they're older. Although cars are, on average in the UK, about seven and a bit years old.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So 10 to 15 years, they'll slowly start to fizzle out. So by 2050, there won't be so many that exist. They'll probably be taxed more heavily because obviously but actually those of us that are really into our cars and accept the fact that we want to drive something that's noisy less clean and probably slower than our daily electric drivers because let's face it most electric cars are Mm. really quick now The 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 interesting ones we can still have these cars yeah there's no reason
1: yeah you'll still be able to buy them used what
0: will happen is they will be the cars that sit in your garage so, if now you've got a Mark II Volkswagen Golf, for example, the chances are you probably don't drive it every day. You could, but you probably don't. It's probably a car that you take out for the weekend and enjoy it.
1: Yeah. And it's going to be the same thing. All right. Yeah,
0: exactly that. Except I don't take that out for the weekend and enjoy it. It sits <laughs> in, in the garage under a cover now, and that's it. Well, it's winter. It's cold out there, isn't it? It is cold out there. Poor little thing. Yeah, I suppose you probably should check to make sure the roof hadn't fallen in on that after Hurricane Kira. I'm going to call it Hurricane Kira because it was... Just ridiculous. Well, I did all right with that touchwork. I didn't lose a single fence panel. I so thought you said I did all right. That I gained a trampoline.
1: No, <laughs> just no, I did, no, all the all the fence panels still standing, and um, no, got away with that quite lightly, I think. Our uh, our temporary pop up tent out of the back at work didn't fare so well, did it? It was uh, looking a bit sorry for itself, but I think you strung it back together.
0: Yeah. Quite well. So yeah, actually, the no, good we, news was that. We did okay. When you were holding onto it, the wind picked up. It was still enough to, to lift you off the ground. Excellent. Um, Which yeah. way of getting
1: up to the top very quickly, isn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, this, this, uh, this tent, as we call it, um, is six metres wide, six metres long, six metres tall at its point. So the bit that goes over the top is a bit like a sail. When you hold onto it, it will lift you. But the good news is it's still attached, and I think probably it's likely to lift the two containers that hold it down either side before anything else now. Excellent.
1: Which is good news, yeah. So to draw this bit to a bit of a conclusion, yes, electric cars are coming, we have no choice, the infrastructure needs to get better, but uh, for a lot of people, I think the way to be convinced is to drive them, and how can they do that?
0: If you are interested, there are a number of, uh, of people that look at electric cars, and there's actually even a show coming up in May um, called Fully Charged Live, and why does everything have to be something live? Because it's an actual event. Yes, I understand it's live. Because
1: they're electric cars. so They've got a live, yes. neutral... I mean,
0: this kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense. But why does everything... Anyway, needless to say... It's... It, it makes more sense than calling the Taycan. The Taycan Turbo. That is ridiculous.
1: Which doesn't have a turbo.
0: That is ridiculous. I completely agree with you. Yeah. It might as well be called... My like Hoover might as well be called the Vax Turbo or something. It make sense. It probably is, actually. That would be a great name. I, th- I thought I thought stuff in the 80s was called Turbo.
1: Yeah. PCs anyway. used to have a turbo button on them, didn't they? I like the idea. Which really? actually slowed them down, believe it or not. My um, whisk, electric whisk, and that's got a turbo button. Hmm, so maybe you can have a turbo on
0: electric things. Anyway, we don't know. Anyway. If you want to go and look at electric cars, which you probably do if you're interested in electric cars, and if you're really not, you might not want to. But if you're slightly curious, then I would suggest going along, looking at Fully Charged Live, which is in May. And where is it?
1: Farnborough. Farnborough,
0: yes, that's right. In Farnborough. Yep. I think
1: Ford have got Ford have finally sort of cottoned on to the idea that electric cars are a thing and they have their go electric event in Marble Arch any minute now. I think it starts on Valentine's Day and runs for a couple of weeks where they're announcing their or showing off their new Mackie.
0: They they are indeed, yes. They or feel if you're a
1: posh Marquis.
0: Marquee. marquee. No, neither sound great, do they?
1: No. No. and also notice I haven't called it a mustang there because it's not a mustang
0: yeah kind of kind of not really a mustang I understand what they've done they've done like mini have done branched their brand out a bit and...
1: yeah but the mini looks like a mini no, I meant and, that it, that. and it's it is a mini the
0: countryman clubman paceman mini beast whatever they call all those things uh,
1: oh yeah that's true actually yeah so, so they've, yeah.
0: yeah they've moved on but I think maybe we should move on to. Now, I think we should move on to Formula One
1: because you are really interested in Formula One. Well, I was really excited for this week because it's launch week or launch fortnight and uh, all the teams launching their liveries and they tease bits of the liveries or the cars or they launch the livery a few days before the cars, etc. And so far, I've, I've been a bit disappointed, if I'm honest. Um, the Red Bull was launched today. I don't know why I'm saying today because we're going to record this whenever. So the Rebel was launched today and uh, I'm sure you've seen pictures of that online or you've seen pictures of last year's car online. And if you can spot the difference, then you have to be looking very, very closely indeed. I didn't notice the difference at all. almost identical. A few sponsors have uh, changed position. A few sponsors have come and gone. But to all intents and purposes, it looks really, really similar. The Ferrari looks absolutely identical to last year. Is it red? It's red. It is red. Wow. It's matte red again, although the bit around the uh, the numbers is shiny, which is a bit peculiar. Uh, but no, it looks identical to last year. So it, uh, my kind of worry for this year is it's going to be a bit of a holding year, everybody getting geared up for the new regulations in 2021, etc. Although in theory, after you've had lots of years of, um, of stagnant regulations, then everybody catches up and everything gets a lot closer, which is when they rip up the rule book and, and redo everything again so that one team steals a march on everyone and ends up in a dominant position for five or ten years, as has happened for the last 20 years.
0: And there's one thing I'm obviously interested in, uh, because we have a name in Formula One that's returning, which is, of course, Aston Martin.
1: Aston Martin had been in Formula One for the last two or three years with Red Bull. But not as a works team. No, just as some stickers.
0: Yes, well, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Because yeah. they, they are, in theory, themselves back in, despite the fact that they were in it, but they're not really in it. Yes. Because they're not. It's not an Aston Martin, is it?
1: Uh, no. It's a Honda. Or it was a Honda. But now it's not either? No. Because... It, would be, it would be an Aston Martin Racing Point, which, but at least we can stop calling it. Well, not that I ever called it Racing Point, because that's a rubbish name. It was still a Force India Midland Spiker. Jordan. Still just call it a Jordan. To be fair, it is great news that Aston Martin are committing to Formula One in in the level that they are. It was uh, maybe a bit of a crossroads with Formula E making Mm. leaps and bounds, certainly from a manufacturer point of view. I think the cars and the racing still aren't there to be a competitor to Formula One, but the danger was that if you had all the manufacturers heading towards Formula E and heading out of Formula One, that Formula One would end up with a very tough time. But for Aston Martin to commit, commit themselves to it, um, is uh, is a great thing without mm. them?
0: Yeah, well, they've now got some money behind them, which is a good thing because it was looking a bit shaky for Aston Martin. And as a company, they are supposedly the most attractive brand in the world. But it's turning that into actually making money, isn't it?
1: Yes. Hence, they've had to make an SUV.
0: Mm. But that is an SUV I can get behind because I think it's a really good-looking thing. Mm. It's, it's a classic
1: estimate. And I'm just not a fan. But of course, car companies need to build cars for people that buy cars, not yes. people that like cars, watch videos about cars, read magazines about cars, buy cars. It doesn't matter what people think, mm. uh, what people play computer games. You know what goes on a bedroom wall? It's what people buy. So mm. people buy SUVs. So that's why every car that comes out these days is an SUV. Like the Puma is now an SUV. The Cougar, technically a rebrand from the old Cougar that was a Coupe, is an SUV. The Mackie is an SUV. Everything's an SUV. And the next Mondeo is going to be an SUV.
0: And, and, but I think there's a different type of car. I think if you are a sports car manufacturer, the people that buy Aston Martins will buy an Aston Martin Coupe. Yes. It's different if you're buying a Ford, because a Ford is you know, an everyday car, effectively. The beauty of what Aston Martin have produced with this is that you can have your coupé, which you might drive all the time, you might have as a weekend toy, but you can also have a car that you can take, legitimately take the family out in, because if you've ever climbed into the back of a Vanquish, or a DB11 or DB9 or anything like that... It's cosy. I'm not entirely sure you would fit. <laughs> I think you're a bit too long. I mean, we could hack your legs off. No, you, I folded myself in half
1: and I did fit. It, it
0: is ridiculously difficult to get into the back of one of those things. Yeah. Not for anything more amorous than just sitting. Um, but it, it is just ridiculously difficult to get in the back. Whereas with something like that, it's got an actual boot, which means if you have a dog, you don't have to leave it behind, tow it along behind you in a special dog trailer. I don't know. But whatever it is, you could actually get into it. You can take the family, you can go for a picnic, you can do whatever you want to do, go shoot
1: Yes, but I think the, uh, the DBX has been heralded as the car to, say, Vaston Martin. So fair play right. to it if, if it keeps the company going and it allows them to carry on building exciting cars that we like then fair enough
0: I would I've, I would happily drive a, a, a DBX as a, a daily car
1: you wouldn't have one over a Vantage though would you I'd have one as well as yes <laughs> yeah that's, that's the thing I think the Vantage the... coming up on our next podcast how to win the lottery <laughs> yeah and they just released the, the drop top Vantage which is beautiful I thought you were going to say the drop top DBX there but yeah, but that's no. a market that never took off was it
0: well, you say a this
1: SUV convertible. No, you there sa- was one, wasn't there? There
0: was. There was indeed. There was the Range Rover Evoque. Yes. And there's now the new T-Rock T. It's, oh, it is the T-Rock, isn't it? The little baby one.
1: As a convertible.
0: Yes, the Volkswagen T. It is ridiculous. What? Yes, absolutely ridiculous. What it looks like is you know when you buy your kids one of those electric ride-on cars, and the scale is a bit wrong, but they can sit in the
1: top. I'm. A, I'm looking this up now.
0: Yes. But these are... What? Absolutely ridiculous. The f*** is that?
1: (laughs) Why? Who
0: wants that car? I honestly have no idea who will buy this. There we go. A classic Land Rover works as a good bird, because you just take the the roof off.
1: The whole thing is canvas. You just roll it back. Well, I suppose, yeah, old um, old Jeeps. Old Jeeps, yeah. like that as well, weren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're... they're, Uh,
1: (laughs) Ah! Oh, God. I've found something. Yes, the, team... the I found an image on the internet which is quite horrific. It is a citron of some sort. Oh, no. It's a citron e mechari. And have a look at this. Wow. For the benefit of, uh, of those listening at home or in the car. Um, it's a C3 if, cactus with no If, if you were to visualise herpes, th- this is probably what it looks like. They yeah, it's a, it the, the have, a, have a uh, have a look at this on uh, Google or other search engines are available. A uh, Citroen E Mehari, M E H A R I. It is well, it's just awful. Could probably pick one up very cheaply.
0: That said, I do really like a convertible. I just don't really understand why you would need a T-Roc convertible or an Evoke convertible. It doesn't actually make sense. It just looks wrong, and that. Convertibles are an area actually where things have got better and better over the years again. Because before you used to get a lot of scuttle shake or they leaked. If you go back to the Focus convertible, which was which leaked leaky. like a sieve, the Volkswagen EOS, which leaked, the Renault Megane, which leaked, the
1: little um, Mercedes, they leaked. The, sorry, just to go back to this, are. The, this is all new. What? The They're not actually it... going to make it. Uh, yes, all electric. Twenty-two thousand seven hundred and fifty pounds. Thirty kilowatt-hour battery. Sixty-eight brake horsepower.
0: Twenty-two. That's quite cheap. Twenty-two.
1: One-speed auto. Range: hundred and twenty-four miles. Nice. Ah, good news. There are no plans to sell it in the UK. Thank for that.
0: We were chatting the other day about racing legends. There are a few out there, and you've got the likes of Jackie Stewart, who's obviously still out there doing lots of bits and pieces. We haven't heard a lot from Sterling Moss lately. Oh, he's been poorly, hasn't he? He has been a bit poorly, but he's obviously a legend and an absolute lad as well. I think that <laughs> so goes without saying. Um, if you're interested in that, rather than just go into Sterling in great, great detail, I want to say Sir Sterling, take a look at the website. We've got a great video on there. It's worth just having a look and learning a little bit more. Um, an absolute legend and a true gent. One good thing is that as it starts to warm up a bit, we're starting to look now towards car shows and events and what's happening in the year. And that includes several of our favourites, like Goodwood, of course. So we've got Goodwood, Festival of Speed and Revival, where we do get to see a lot of the racing legends. And you still get to sort of rub shoulders with them. Um, perhaps not so much as you, you once were, but you get to see the legends. And for me, probably more importantly, you get to see the cars. Because although you really, really enjoy... The drivers and learning about their styles and the stars themselves, I get really excited about the metal because you know it's cold like me,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and the noise, the noise of V8s and yes V10s, V12s, etc. So yes, the uh, the one good thing about electric cars, even if nothing else was good about them, is they might save motorsport. And
0: we've spoken about this a lot, and we moan about this a lot because you get what are frankly. Idiots moving in next to a racetrack. It's been there a lot longer than them,
1: possibly a lot longer than they've been alive.
0: They complain about the noise. (laughs) Oh, people are racing. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, they do moan on, but of course, if you had uh, electric cars racing, then the noise is a hell of a lot less, isn't it? So. etc. Pretty much. But no, much, uh, much lower decibel level, so does that allow. 24 hour races to start again at places like Donnington or Brands Hatch or, you know, evening. If you've got a day's racing, you can have all of the loud, noisy petrol engine cars during the day. And then when you get to, say, half past five, six o'clock, and you've still got some daylight, get all the electric cars out. You know, just you, you bookend the day with electric ways, cars. So not too much noise, first thing or last thing.
0: You have to have, imagine if you had a hybrid and you had to make sure you switched off and retained enough energy to carry on going. Yeah, the, as, as
1: soon as it gets dark, the last number of laps must be on electric.
0: <laughs> yes, interesting. See how. Far well, they already
1: getting. kind of do that in WEC, don't they? They have to be on electric power in the pit lane, I think. Hmm. Where you have got lots of people milling around, so that's when they make them as quiet as possible, just so yeah. you're not sure they're approaching.
0: This is a problem. I don't appreciate that now you have to have a sound on an electric car.
1: And Monday they, they speed limit them in the uh, in the pit lane, don't they? To a casual seventy miles an hour or something. Which is fine. What I, I quite like about electric cars is there is
0: the ones that really have the high performance racing and everything else. There's a noise that's not too dissimilar in my mind to a broken gearbox.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a straight cut. Straight, straight, straight out, cut, straight cut gearbox it? noise, isn't it? But yeah. see, that's why I like mine because it's absolutely silent. So in a car park, for example, you can just creep up right behind somebody and at the last minute blast the horn at them to get out of no, the way. what you mean is that in a car park you
0: constantly creep up behind me and try and grandad me with the front of your car. Yes, that as well. Yes, which I can't do in any of my cars because all of them make too much noise.
1: You could turn the engine off and coast, get some speed up and then just knock the engine off. Glide mode? Yeah. Actually,
0: yeah, the yellow one does that, doesn't it? If you um, put it into efficiency mode, it just cuts all the engine and then just lets it roll towards things.
1: Then the power of steering stops working.
0: Oh, that's the start-stop. Yes, This is, this is a, a, a dreadful design, because everything has start-stop these days, as we know, because it's law. But as you approach a junction, um, the start-stop kicks in as the car comes to a gradual stop. But if you're on a slight bend, then the steering stops working as well. Um, so what happens is you then just career into the car either side of you, which is unfortunate. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's been switched off on mine. Bit of a shame, really.
1: So, yeah, we've got, um, On moving on from the subject of racing on to the subject of racing, we've got the British touring cars coming over the horizon again yes. in a minute now. With uh, with some good news this week, that uh, Smiley's got a drive for uh, for next year. I was, um, after having parted ways with his previous team, BTC, I was getting slightly worried, because I was looking forward to seeing him on the grid again next year. So, yeah. just that, that limbo between leaving one team and joining another is always a worrying time for, uh, well, I'm sure for him more than anyone else, but for definitely as well
0: and we we know that the drivers work really hard to actually get a seat and i think we kind of assume that it's you know the the heyday glory days of racing and these guys live celebrity lifestyles but the truth of the matter is a lot of them work other jobs or have other businesses or do you know work long long hours to be able to afford to get themselves in the seat and some people on the grid are genuinely brilliant to talk to and chris is one of those he's absolutely full of energy isn't he just bounces up and down constantly but a thoroughly nice guy uh, and i'm very pleased to see him get a seat i really am i was looking at the news earlier and i thought that blundell was back in the BTCC, but he's not
1: is he no mark blundell motorsport yeah has joined the bcc so company. he's in management now yes as sporting director which is probably sensible considering what happened last year but I think that uh, that does underline how uh, how tough the championship is when you can have somebody as experienced and uh, top-drawer as Mark Blundell get absolutely annihilated by the rest of the field. It does show what a tough series it is, without yeah. a doubt.
0: And I think it shows the level, as you say, of the drivers. Because mm. when you look at um, Brands Hatch, for example, they were separated by tens. weren't they, the drivers? Yeah, I think
1: first to, to 17th or 18th was two tenths, two and a half tenths, something Stupid like that. Yeah. So yeah. So if you're if you're keen to uh, know more about the British Touring Cars, or indeed pop along, uh, try and get yourself along to Silverstone on the 17th of March, which is a uh, test day. It's uh, free, I believe, as well, isn't it? No charge to get in. Mm. Wander along. Have and a
0: look. as you know, when it comes to racing, Tintov is is really what I'm I'm interested in. So that's that's my thing. And definitely, if you want to watch an entertaining race, based on what we saw last year, the BCC, this should be good. Silverstone's a great circuit. It's a great set of drivers. Great set of cars. I think, yeah, definitely. Pop along.
1: Looking back at our videos, we've been inundated with literally a comment about our Brands Hatch video.
0: Yeah, and it makes a change for someone to leave a comment on the video rather than writing to us at UK Motor Talk PO Box something to send us a, a comment about it, which is great. So thank you from ST Rampo Hi. And uh, thanks ST for listening. ST Rampo 500. To. ST Rampo 500. Sorry. Does that so make him they, limited edition? And the question is, are we going to do some more tracks? Uh, and the answer to that is yes.
1: Well, yes. SDR Rambo five hundred has suggested Snetterton, so should we try. Well, we've got Snetterton and Thruxton. They're not a million miles away from us, are they?
0: No, I think we should we should look at both. Yeah, yeah, and, and assuming the car survives either of those.
1: I'd be more worried about it surviving the trip there rather than the trip round the track, in truth. But
0: yes, well, the last time we took it out, of course, um, it was in the back of a race shuttle, which is always good news. Um, unfortunately, so we looked
1: worryingly professional. Didn't we, we
0: did. Uh, unfortunately, it had a bit of a problem with one of its uh, wheels, and yes. uh, that the tyre went bang. So we had to then use the uh, the race car to go to the tyre shop uh, because we had to jack the trailer up. We were attached to the back of the van, stop it from rolling down the Paddock of Brands, which if you've ever been there, you'll know is rather helpfully a slope, which you had to use it to, to go and get the tyre done, then come back and then go racing. But it, it survived, and it got a lot of looks as it drove through town.
1: It did, it did, and it does, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have a look at Snetterton and or um, Thruxton in the not-too-distant future. I think we can do a, a bit of a sticker livery refresh, aren't we, for the new year? Yeah. Give her a good tidy-up, a bit of a polish. Yep. We've got some new wheels for it, some 15-inch wheels, so smaller, lighter. Yes, They need some new tyres on it, because so there's, there's a bit of a mixed bag on there at the moment. I think at least two of them are made out of solid plastic, from what I can tell. So we yeah, could put it, those on the back, I suppose. That would be entertaining. If you remember what those slightly cheap but large plastic toys were,
0: you know once you used to play in the sandpit as a kid? Yes. The sort of blow-moulded tyres. That's yep. basically it. I mean, That's it's exactly what they feel like. Just, just to go out there, just to see what it's like. Because you've heard of hard compound, but these are just solid. Ultra mm-hmm. hard ultra hard compound yeah be great fun I think
1: so yeah keep an eye on the website for, uh, for a bit of a uh, livery refresh we'll be doing that as of when the weather gets a bit warmer and we get yeah. a spare five minutes I slash think. inclination because it is it is difficult and if
0: like us you've had a project car that's been sat in the garage over winter you know that it's quite hard to get out there and motivate yourself to stand in the cold and go oh need to do the spot plugs that'd be nice I need to change the oil. That would be great. Or my absolute favourite, drive shaft CV
1: boots. Mm.
0: There's nothing quite like being absolutely covered They're There, there is grit. enough
1: to take off if you use an angle grinder. You don't need to undo any bolts.
0: Taking them off, isn't the problem. It's just the sheer <laughs> mess. Unbelievable. My least favourite job to do on a car. And that might come up in a quiz later on, so um, just bear that in mind. If you're listening to this now in 2025 and we've done our Christmas quiz, then uh, you might... Uh, been asked the question what is gates' least favorite job to do on a car and it is cv boots there you go there you know go. we're well, going to talk about suvs what again again and, we have to and yeah i know and are any of them convertible no thank god good we drove the new puma
1: that's brilliant us. And it is really good. That's a brilliant SUV. I Um, love SUVs.
0: We like Ford generally because they're entertaining to drive. There are cars out there that are better quality, arguably. There are cars out there that are faster. But when it comes to a, a reasonably priced car that drives incredibly well, that's where they excel. And generally speaking, when you drive an SUV, like the old Cougar, it was a nice enough car, but it wasn't particularly exciting to drive, in my mind. And this is the same for most SUVs. They are... Comfortable to plod along in, but not particularly exciting to drive. Drove the Puma, and the rest of the press have all been raving about it. And people say that yeah, it's it is a fantastic car to drive, and it's got its novelty novelty mega box in the back, which is which is great. But ignoring that and ignoring the SUVness of it, as a car, really is good to drive.
1: No, it was absolutely smashing. I mean, it looks for a for an SUV. It looks as good as an SUV can look I think although with that and the Cougar the trend seems to be going towards slightly lower or certainly lower ride height etc more
0: I think you can get away with it on something that's smaller yes when you come to a bigger car like the Cougar in my mind that needs to be higher
1: yeah you're not sure about that are you
0: no I'm not not sure about it at all because I think the body's too big for the ride height that it is because you look at it and go "Hmm, that would look better if it was a focus
1: yes yeah normally it would look better lowered the whole thing lowered lower the yeah. car lower the roof line
0: yeah and I think the moment you start doing that and we drove an electric one of these the other day or a FEV one of these and you see the battery hanging out underneath it as well you think that is really low now
1: I mean presumably it's waterproofed and in a plastic bag or something like that so the water yeah. doesn't get into it but well, yeah worryably low if you
0: Tamiya cars from back in the day you used to blow up a balloon and then uh, I say balloon and then put the uh, put the electrics inside it and the cable tie it off so it wouldn't get wet when you went through a puddle in your grasshopper.
1: Use half a Terry's chocolate orange uh, box. You know the thing, Terry's chocolate yeah, orange, yeah, yeah. the little plastic things. Mm. Cut those up and make those into wheel arch liners.
0: That's a good idea. And actually, mm-hmm. Tammy have released, and I think an, I could be entirely wrong, an XV chassis, which is designed just for rallying. And they're doing one with longer shocks now. So if you're into your RCs... See,
1: that's the one I had for my XV. first RC car. It was a, no, a TAO2, but it had longer shocks, shocks longer dampers on it, yeah. and it was a Repsol Escort. That's cool. RSWRC really,
0: car, really badly, really badly. i have always wanted one of those. And well, I mean,
1: we're, we're, we'll do our best with our livery. Yes, just just giving you a sneak peek as to the new livery on the uh, on the track car there.
0: But this new one has all enclosed internals, so you can actually take it through snow and bits of water and puddles and things in it. Happy days Yeah, and it has proper wheel arches, which I think is really cool. Um, look for a full review of that soon. Um, I couldn't
1: I... believe that YouTube had talked more anarchy about cars, but you've moved <coughs> on to RC ones, and that's suddenly the bigger anoraks. Oh, yes.
0: Yes, yes, they're a bit geeky, but do you know what? I don't really care because I really like them. Do, do you think that's why we like electric
1: cars? Maybe. Because for us, our first ever cars were
0: electric, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, well, well they had that, that
1: wonderful wine as well because they all had straight cut gears. Well,
0: my first ever car was a BTCC Mondeo FFO one chassis.
1: Ah, front-wheel drive, jobby.
0: Front-wheel drive, motor over the front, and it used to kick the back end round. Really good fun to drive.
1: Yeah, see, I like the TOO too, because you could take the prop shaft down and just make it rear-wheel drive, which made it hilarious.
0: Yes, and moved on, to a Mini, and then, obviously, and then went on to Evo chassis. Mm, Those are the ones. I think we need to get back into this. I think we do. I think we need to have a UK Motor Talk office rally. I think we could, we could what, peg in, out... in here? Indoors. I think what we need to do is peg out a track and then we should have a timed... We
1: could do it in the workshop in the car park we'd be able to get up to more speed there. I have done this before. so Chuck a bit of oil and water down in the workshop to have a, a slippy bit.
0: Yes, well, some years ago, I worked at a place that had two workshops separated by a car park. But the, the, <laughs> the workshop floor was painted... And it was hilarious because there was just no control. It was a massive, massive understeer or massive, massive oversteer. So you could just basically just keep doing loops until you got back outside and picked up the traction, hooned it along the car park, skidded round again and back out. It was superb fun.
1: I like the sound of this.
0: Me too. Let's make that happen. Other things that you're looking forward to this year? I've booked to do the London to Brighton mini-run, and I sat there hitting refresh, 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 refresh at 12 o'clock, waiting for tickets to come live so I could buy them. And then I realised it wasn't working, so you went into another browser, which was really exciting. <laughs> uh, and I, I was getting rather nervous, I was going to miss it. But I have now got tickets for London to Brighton, so I'm excited to do that. Excellent. Which is on the 17th of May, so hopefully it'll be a bit warmer, because it's freezing today.
1: So as well as looking forward to the Goodwood Revival, if, uh, if older cars are your thing but maybe getting dressed up isn't quite so much your thing, uh, we've also got the Silverstone Classic coming up, haven't we? And I think the, uh, the launch of that is on the 29th of April uh, and the actual event itself is... It's at the end of July. The Silverstone Classic
0: is on the 31st of July until the 2nd of August. But you can win tickets now if you go to the website um, and enter your details. And what is the website? H-T-T-P-S, colon, forward slash, forward slash, Silverstoneclassic dot com being the bit, where you can enter a, a competition to win tickets, VIP tickets, no less, uh, in aid of uh, Alzheimer's research. Great charity. Good cause. Yes, definitely. So do that. Uh, we joke about many, many things, but actually that is something that is really worth doing. And if you're a petrolhead, then you're going to love it. So do it. Other things that we're excited for this year. Andrew will, of course, be excited about the Land Rover Legends, although he's not sure he's going. So maybe we should. Maybe we should go <laughs> and send us some pictures.
1: Well, take some, but not let me use them. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's what you could have seen.
0: Yeah, the ongoing joke here is that Andrew, who, who painstakingly edits everything together for you to enjoy, whether it be our videos or podcasts or everything else. Uh, we visited a private supercar collection the other day, which was incredible. It was breathtaking, and I was in awe of it. But unfortunately, it is a very private collection, and we can't show you any of it.
1: Well, I uh, yeah, I just left feeling I don't know shell shocked. I think I was just I couldn't yeah. believe that collection of cars was yeah that close to us. And if you can think of a supercar insane. that
0: you would want to own today, now that's been produced in the last few years, it was probably in this collection. World's and nicest. There were man. quite
1: a few that you couldn't think got vibe.
0: Yeah, very deserving of the collection. Really, really, really lovely man. But uh, honestly, I was stood there and I was holding the door over. And as I started to lower it back down, I realised that it was probably worth more than my house. So at that point, it suddenly became very real. I wanted to stand back, put my hands behind my back. I didn't touch anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you walked into the first garage, which, you know, we'd walk through his house and... Had a cuppa and had a chat and everything, and then wandered through to the first garage, it was, yeah. oh, nice and connect, you know, attached to the house, very nice, very sensible. Oh, but don't don't trip over the... If you fell down the stairs walking down, you'd go nose first into it. A- I think next to that was a, was that is the main garage? I think, and then next to that was a, and then uh, just
0: yeah. I don't think we could probably, unfortunately, even tell you any more than that because. We've got to respect the, the owner's wish on this one, but, but wow, well, what a collection. And I'm disappointed not to tell you more about it, because it's probably one of the more incredible experiences I've had in my automotive life. Escort Cosworth, of course, was a hero of rallying when we were kids. Ever the of course, Colin McRae, then the Focus and everything else that goes with it. So, I'm also looking forward to Rally GB Wales. Fingers crossed we'll get up there, get on the side of a couple of the stages and see what's going on, but I missed out last year and they had a the fantastic stage, and forgive me if you're listening in your Welsh, because I'm going to basically just slaughter your language here, but at the Clefwood Slate Mines. Um, and that looked spectacular. Um, and also the Great Orm stage was an absolute favourite and they sometimes decided to run this and sometimes don't. That was brilliant. I went a couple of years ago and watched. It wasn't so brilliant for the person because it was really, really windy and they closed it to all but uh, residents. But the portaloos loser at the top of the cliff... Oh, God. <laughs> one of those blew over during one of the stages. Was somebody in it? Well, I don't really know. Um, oh, but there I was, not. <laughs> there was someone covered in something blue running away, oh, so I can no. only assume that um, that probably was the case so not quite so good for them they probably didn't have such a good run oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> if it was you get in
1: touch and let us know <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> write to us at UK yes. Motor Talk P.O. Yes. Box 12 indeed if that was you please do write to us at UK Motor Talk <laughs> P.O. Box whatever it is but genuinely that that is spectacular to watch because there's no other sport quite like rallying because rally drivers as we know are superhuman
1: they are insane they are
0: long. if you ever get to watch just and there are a few of these on YouTube now. If you just Google onboard dash cam or onboard cam footage from a rally driver and you just watch them, just dead ahead, how anyone can react that fast and how also someone can sit in the passenger seat without pooing themselves
1: is beyond Reading me. some gibberish.
0: Yes, absolutely. But there we go. If Colin McRae Rally has taught us anything uh, on the PlayStation, I had the PlayStation. Did you have the PlayStation?
1: I had a PlayStation.
0: There you go, Colin McRae Rally on the PlayStation. Um, has taught us anything. It is that, yeah, you, you do need to be very good. And also how to drive on slippery services. Useful. Yeah, useful advice. So, to wrap this podcast up, I think we can take one thing away. And if you haven't, make sure you play Colin McRae Rally on the PlayStation <laughs> if you can find both a PlayStation and a copy of the disc. Because I
1: don't. Well, know. I played Colin McRae Rally on the iPad. But did they, you? Yes. Did you? Yeah. But did they, it go break 50 maybe? Uh, maybe uh, yes, the it did. That's amazing. Uh, but unfortunately, when iOS got updated, Codemasters didn't update it. Despite the fact I'd paid for it, I think it was two or three quid, or maybe even a fiver, I'd paid for it, downloaded it, was playing it, iOS updated, and they just didn't update it. And that is them. outrageous. Very irritating. Really outrageous. I better check and make sure my crystal maze
0: is still working. <laughs> and on that note, I guess it is time to say goodbye. Um, because we have talked about many things, and uh, all of them I'm sure are entirely useful and interesting to... And if they are wrong make sure you write to us or don't write to us either way. But we do look forward to seeing you. I say see you, we can't actually see you. But we do look forward to chatting literally at you uh, next time. So thank you, take care, and we will catch you next time.
1: Thank Goodbye. you for listening. Cheers.
0: Bye. UK Motor Dog, a first take media production.